Welcome to the Rebuilding Your Inner Abbey webcast, the webcast where we rebuild the inner abbey of your heart so that you have a sacred place to meet Jesus. I'm Jeff Arrowood, founder of the online spirituality program called From the Abbey. In this episode, we kick off our monthly spiritual projects by taking on a spiritual project in the chapel of our inner abbey. The focus in the chapel is prayer, and today we're discussing the entryway into the life of prayer, the seven sacraments. Welcome to My Inner Abbey, the podcast that offers practical strategies for Catholic spiritual growth. Are you ready to unlock your heart and rebuild your spiritual life? Then join host Jeff Arrowwood as he offers practical ways for you to restore your inner abbey. The My Inner Abbey webcast starts now. The seven sacraments form the backdrop of Catholic life. Most Catholics can name all seven sacraments. Most have basic knowledge of what the sacraments are. But as with other parts of our faith, the sacraments are an unfathomable mystery. And that means that there's always more to understand. It also means there's always more to live because a mystery of the faith isn't a puzzle to be solved. It's a limitless reality to be lived. And that makes the mysteries of faith, including the sacraments, a deep, deep treasure trove. And our task in this webcast is to uncover that treasure. As disciples of Jesus, we aren't satisfied with one or two trinkets that represent maybe our basic seventh grade knowledge of the sacraments. You know, most of us stop learning about the sacraments after we receive them. We want more and more of the bountiful treasure our Lord offers us. So let's take a deeper dive into the sacraments and discover how they can help us to rebuild the chapel of our inner abbey. The Baltimore Catechism defines a sacrament as a sacred sign instituted by Christ that gives grace. That's a great place to start. Let's take this definition apart and see what new depths we can discover in it. But I want to start with the second part of the definition first. What is grace, and why are the sacraments considered the main source or the main founts of grace? Grace literally means a gift freely given. In other words, the very word grace indicates that grace is given to us before we can even earn it. This is why the earliest church began the tradition of infant baptism. Infants are incapable of earning anything, yet they have access to grace. The Catechism of the Catholic Church verifies this understanding of grace for us in Article 1996, and I hope it's okay if I read this to you. Grace is favor, the free and undeserved help that God gives us to respond to his call to become children of God, adoptive sons, partakers of the divine nature, and of eternal life. Isn't that beautiful? But if our understanding of grace ends at the literal meaning of the word, we miss out on the full meaning of God's gift to us. If grace is a gift freely given, the natural question that too few ask, I think, is what is that gift? The Catechism of the Catholic Church continues describing grace in Article 1997. Grace is a participation in the life of God. It introduces us to the intimacy of Trinitarian life. By baptism, the Christian participates in the grace of Christ, the head of his body. As an adopted son, he can henceforth call God Father in union with the only Son. 
He receives the life of the Spirit who breathes charity into him and who forms the church. So the gift of grace is the gift of God, but not just the gift from God, but God's gift of himself. The Holy Trinity takes up residence in our souls and invites us to take up residence in the very life of God. So through grace, God lives in us and we also live in God. In other words, grace is God's presence that invites us into a deep, intimate relationship with him. In his book, The Seven Fountains of Grace, Father Herbert Burke says this in the introduction. The seven fountains of grace are baptism, confirmation, Eucharist, penance, anointing of the sick, matrimony, and holy orders. They are like a rainbow of grace with seven different colors or ways God gives us his life, love, and grace. They are seven fountains of God's life and love, which flow to our souls through sacred words and sacred substances, holy water, holy oil, living bread, living wine, contrition, commitment, and the laying on of hands. All seven sacraments flow from the cross, from the work of Christ. And of course, this brings to mind the next question, what does it mean to have a relationship with God? So today we hear a lot about having a personal relationship with Jesus, and I usually put that in air quotes. This phrase comes from a more modern and a more Protestant view of Christianity, and that makes some Catholics immediately skeptical of it. In the online course that I just completed called Building Your Spiritual Life with the Early Church Fathers, I explain what having a personal relationship with God means for Catholics and what it cannot mean, based on the earliest teachings of the church handed down from the apostles. One thing you learn in that course is that the early church fathers saw our relationship with God as an ever-deepening mystery of divine intimacy that's really more analogous to marriage than it is to friendship. And entry into this divine mystery has its start in the seven sacraments, the founts of grace, and then is deepened as we respond to grace and participate in the relationship. And that's exactly what we want to talk about here. How do we respond to that grace and participate in the mystery of divine intimacy? So that's the grace part of our definition of a sacrament, a sacred sign instituted by Christ that gives grace. Next, we'll discuss the first part of the definition what it means that a sacrament is a sacred sign. And we'll do that after this short break. Hello, my friends. In this episode, you heard me mention one of the courses in the Fathers of Our Faith series of online courses. This series introduces you to a very important and very exciting group of early Christians called the Early Church Fathers. These early saints and bishops lived in thrilling and dangerous times in church history. More importantly, they received the training of the apostles that teaches us what Jesus meant our relationship with him to be like. If you're not familiar with the early church fathers at all or have only a superficial understanding of them, this series of courses is for you. The first course in this series explains what an early church father is and who qualifies for this honorific title. The second course introduces you to some of the early church fathers in each of four eras of church history. And the third course in this series dives into the writings of the early church fathers to discover what they can teach us about laying our spiritual life on a firm foundation. These courses are available in From the Abbey's bookstore, on Facebook, and on Udemy. But the best place to get this series and all of the courses produced by From the Abbey is our novitiate membership, where you can get each course for just $9. Visit abbey.ws fathers 
to see all of your purchasing options. Come join us to learn about these exciting early saints and to discover what they can teach you about being a disciple of Jesus. A-B-B-E-Y dot W-S slash fathers. Abby dot W-S slash fathers. I'll see you there. Welcome back, and thanks again for being with me in this episode of Rebuilding Your Inner Abbey. We're working through the definition of a sacrament as a sacred sign instituted by Christ that gives grace. We just explored sacraments as the fountains of grace. Now let's explore what we mean when we call a sacrament a sacred sign. You might be thinking, come on now, isn't it obvious? A sign is something that represents something else. I mean, we all know that the water of baptism represents the washing away of original sin, right? To which I say, yep, that's a good place to start. But once again, we can't stop there. We're exploring an inexhaustible mystery. Our understanding can always go deeper. So here's step one. As a sacred sign, a sacrament is a physical sign of a specific action of grace. Jesus created the sacraments in a way that respects who we are as human beings an integration of body and spirit. In his wisdom, Jesus presents the spiritual action of grace to us through physical signs and words. But there's another dimension of grace that sacraments open up for us. God always invites us to actively participate in our relationship with him. Therefore, Jesus has chosen to act through the very act that represents his action. In other words, the water of baptism doesn't just represent the defeat of original sin. It makes it happen. Jesus works through the water and the words so that he and we are actually working together to bring about the grace of the sacrament. We see this taught in the Catechism of the Catholic Church in Articles 1127 and 1128. And again, I hope you don't mind me reading to you. Here's what the Catechism says. Celebrated worthily in faith, the sacraments confer the grace that they signify. They are efficacious because in them, Christ himself is at work. It is he who baptizes, he who acts in the sacrament in order to communicate the grace that each sacrament signifies. The Father always hears the prayer of his Son's church, which, in the epiclesis of each sacrament, expresses her faith in the power of the Spirit. As fire transforms into itself everything it touches, so the Holy Spirit transforms into the divine life whatever is subjected to his power. This is the meaning of the church's affirmation that the sacraments act ex opere operato, literally by the very fact of the action being performed, i.e. by virtue of the saving work of Christ, accomplished once and for all. It follows that the sacrament is not wrought by the righteousness of either the celebrant or the recipient, but by the power of God. From the moment that a sacrament is celebrated in accordance with the intention of the church, the power of Christ and his spirit acts in and through it independently of the personal holiness of the minister. Nevertheless, the fruits of the sacrament also depend on the disposition of the one who receives them. So again, back to our main point, the sacramental sign doesn't just represent the acts of Jesus. Jesus works through the sacrament to make what the sacrament represents a reality. But there's yet another step that we can take to understand the sacred sign of the sacrament even more deeply. A sacramental sign isn't just something present in the ritual of the sacrament. 
The grace of the sacrament is an ongoing reality in our souls that empowers us to live the sacramental sign for the rest of our lives. One way to look at it is that the sacramental sign is actually something that should be lived as we respond to the ongoing grace of the sacrament in our lives. In the last segment of today's podcast, we explore exactly how to do that. This is perhaps the most important understanding of the sacraments to apply to our personal spiritual lives. We can deepen our spiritual lives immensely by figuring out how to live out the sacramental signs in our daily lives. Be sure to visit myinnerabbey.com for show notes for this episode and to dig deeper into this month's topic. There you'll not only find links to the resources mentioned in this webcast, but you can also sign up for a special bookstore offer on the resources of the sacraments, such as the book Seven Fountains of Grace by Father Herbert Burke that I mentioned in this episode. Visit myinnerabbey.com as soon as this episode is over and keep on learning and growing in your faith. Better yet, become a postulate member of From the Abbey for free and get all of those things, plus get bonus resources such as a project guide and a checklist to help you get through this month's spiritual project. I think it's safe to say that most Catholics understand the sacraments as something that happens to them. God gives grace and we receive it. And this is certainly true. It's the point of our sacramental rituals. It's also the first movement of any sacrament. Grace always comes first. God always takes the first step in our relationship. But the Latin word that the early church chose for the fountains of grace tells us that receiving grace is not the entire story. The word sacramentum described the oath swarm between a Roman soldier and his lord. The Lord promised food, shelter, payment, and a share of the bounty won in war. The soldier, in turn, swore his fealty and offered to give his very life in service of the Lord. So what was the early church trying to tell us by calling these sacred rites sacraments? Like the sacramental oath sworn between a soldier and his Lord, a sacrament is a two-way oath. It is sworn between us, the soldiers of Christ, and our blessed Lord Jesus— he promises us the grace we need to participate in the divine life and to grow in divine intimacy. In turn, we swear an oath to respond to that grace by participating in our relationship with God. Even more, the church wanted to call our minds to soldiers because the sacraments call us to fight against ignorance and sin in our lives. Finally, the sacraments are oaths in which we dedicate our entire lives to Jesus. We promise through the sacraments to dedicate every dimension of our lives to the Lordship of Christ. So every sacrament calls us to live out this general oath in our daily lives. But each individual sacrament also calls us to live out the specific sacramental sign that represents one dimension of our participation in the divine life. And this is a real relationship. So if we are actively pursuing a deeper relationship with God, God meets our efforts with even more grace, even more of himself. Traditionally, this was called meriting grace, but this is often misunderstood as earning grace. The better way to look at it is that through grace, God offers us more of a relationship, a deeper relationship. 
When we respond to his invitation and try to deepen our relationship with him, he in turn responds to us and deepens his relationship with us. That's the way relationships work. How often do we think about actively living the sacraments? Every day we could be drawing on the sacramental graces of baptism, confirmation, reconciliation, and our vocational sacrament, holy orders or holy matrimony, and of course on the Holy Eucharist, by living out the sacramental promises that we make in each of them and living out their sacramental signs. This is how we enter more deeply into the mystery of divine intimacy and live more complete relationships with our triune God. Okay, here's our spiritual project for this month. First, consider the sacramental sign and the sacramental promises of each sacrament you have participated in and develop a plan for living them more completely. If you become a postulant member from the Abbey, that's our free membership level, you'll find a project guide and also a checklist in the show notes for this episode at myinnerabbey.com that will help you do this kind of step by step. Even if you did not choose to become a member, the show notes at myinnerabbey.com have some great resources to help you in your spiritual project, including a transcript of this webcast and also a listening guide. So the first step of your spiritual project is to do that thinking. And the second step is to pray for the Holy Spirit to stir up the graces that Jesus gives you in each sacrament and to help you to implement your plan. Finally, choose the first steps that you think you can actually implement this month and start rebuilding the chapel of your inner abbey. I hope you'll join me on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash fromtheabbey to ask questions, offer feedback on this episode, and to support each other in this month's spiritual project. Now, next week, we'll have a shorter episode of the webcast called a spot check. And in that spot check, we're going to look specifically at the sacrament of baptism and explore the promise and the sign associated with it, and talk about how we can live it in our daily lives. Thank you so much for listening to the My Inner Abbey webcast with your host, Jeff Arrowwood. You can find show notes, videos, and more at myinnerabbey.com. Register to be part of the live My Inner Abbey audience and hear about our upcoming episodes. Or visit From the Abbey on Twitter or Facebook at From the Abbey. Join us again for our next episode as we explore practical strategies for making real spiritual growth and help you restore another room of your inner abbey.